Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 9, Episode 4. My name's Andy Balam and this is... Andy Cockerill. And we've got something quite special for you today, listener. We've uh, got, again. We've got, we've got oh, a guest. We are gonna, we're going to address that. We? Oh yeah, why not? <laughs> we've got a guest who's from a podcast that has listeners, uh, making, mm. it, making her unique um, in, this, in this podcast. Um, so say hello, Hannah Dunleavy. Hello. Hello. Tell us a little bit about this podcast you have with these these listener things. Yeah, well, yes. Um, I, I actually make a living doing podcasts, which is why we're recording this for the second time, because I forgot to press play the first time. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I'm obviously a massive authority. Everybody should take everything that I say about podcasting really seriously. She checks again that she's recording for the 400th time. Um yeah, I I do a couple of podcasts, three. In fact, I have three podcasts. My first sort of main job is I work for Sarah Millican, the comedian, and I present and produce her podcast, which is Standard Issue, which is a podcast that focuses largely on rights, um, women's rights issues and women working in the arts and the promotion of women in the arts. I mean, we cover all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, all sorts of stuff, news which has been kind of a depressing yep. bunch of things recently. But yeah, um, I also make a podcast called The Drink, which is, uh, I did one series of that. We'll go back to it at some point, which is a podcast where I just talk to someone about what they drink and how much they drink and whether they drink and where they drink and what, what <laughs> in what situations they drink. Why they I drink? mean, there is like, yeah, well, exactly that. And there's a sort of, I think it's a serious point to it because my, my dad was an alcoholic, so I'm interested in like... How, and that's undoubtedly affected my relationship with alcohol. So mm-hmm. I'm interested in what other things in people's lives, like, you know, their job or their religion or their upbringing or things like that affect um, their drinking and what they drink. And then I also make a TV podcast with my friend, the, t- the writer Paul Kirkley, about television series that one of us has watched and really liked and the other one's never got around to watching and we forced them to watch it and I'm currently forcing him to watch Band of Brothers. I mean, which is that is not before. a chore. It's not a it's chore. Not. <laughs> it's not at all. <laughs> and we do, we like, some, we've had a couple of actors from it on there. We've had um, some historians explaining us some stuff on it and uh, yeah, we, I mean, it's, it's funny uh, but hopefully you'll learn something at the same time. Well, we're, we're so, extremely excited to have you on. Yeah, um, Absolutely. And uh, again, <laughs> again, and this time we're going to record it so that other people can share it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that was a nice web Yeah, that was just our podcast. Yeah, it was just our little getting to know you <laughs> yeah. session, which I really yeah. enjoyed. And yeah. I, yeah, I did really think good. we said we said loads of really amazing things. Which uh, we, um, we did actually, and I tried to remember some of the things that I said, so we, but it was like a fortnight ago. So, listener, if we not if we didn't say if we don't this time we don't say anything amazing, then rest assured that we definitely can say amazing things. It's just that you didn't get to hear them. <laughs> Um, I think that's I think that's totally legit. So, Andy, yeah. why don't you tell us what um, what we're here for? <laughs> yeah, so we're here to talk about The Handmaid's Tale in general at a very high level, but specifically season four, the most recent season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which was made under some of it was made under maybe all of it was made under COVID regulations um, during various stages of lockdown uh, during this pandemic that we've all been living through. Um, so. It's really just because we wanted to talk about this because I think this season is quite different to pre- previous seasons, mm-hmm. partly because of the pandemic shooting restrictions, but also because it goes in some interesting to some interesting places, um, i.e. 
it kind of gives you some closure on some things finally mm-hmm. <laughs> which is interesting because it handmaid's tale has really gone out of its way to not do that thus far puts you through the ringer and then just continues to put you through the ringer and doesn't give you any sense of um hope you just look at, at june's face a lot yes yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no. I might sit really close to my camera throughout this and just <laughs> just stare really aggressively. Just look like you're suffering to Elizabeth. Yeah, Moss. yeah. I, I think that's cool. Yeah, straight straight into the camera <laughs> and look look angry. <clears throat> it would be like an episode of The Handmaid's Tale. So, yeah. um, so Hannah, uh, when I contacted you, you mentioned that you're not a massive fan of The Handmaid's Tale. Can you no. talk about that a bit more? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was a fan of the book. I read it when I was 18, 17, 18, something like that. And I was a big fan of the book. And I did think the first series was incredibly good. And I think the second series was equally good. I would say that's not always a good sign because second series should be better. You know, some of the best series ever made of television are the second series of something. So the second series should definitely be better. And it wasn't. It was just equally good. And then... I suddenly it suddenly dawned on me somewhere towards the end of the second series that what I was essentially watching was another Walking Dead <laughs> because I just couldn't see where the end was. So it right. was ultimately always going to be delaying an mm. end and avoiding getting to an end because it needed to build tension, but then equally not kill its main character and then not really provide any resolution. And so I started to lose interest a bit I didn't watch the third series until I was in lockdown which is an indication that I you know of how <laughs> things have got very bad indeed yeah. yeah yeah I'd been quite bored and I thought oh I'd never watch that I'll watch that and I wasn't impressed at all right, with it right. and certain elements of it started to grate on me the big musical tracks the sort of uh the, the endless close-ups and <laughs> and uh it had started to grate on me and then I watched the fourth series because it's my job to review television and I had heard sort of of the rumour mill that there was a change and I wanted to see what that change was and so I watched it to the end Um, and I was glad because now I can talk to you about it from that point of view. (laughs) Yes. But so it's been it's been a slow dwindling of affection for The Handmaid's Tale. I think it's the book itself is tremendous. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's a fault with things like this. And I would say also things like The Walking Dead and, you know, plenty of other things, Snowpiercer, whatever, that are on at the moment, is that they kind of, they turn into the road, don't they? They're just two people bleakly walking into the future, not knowing what's going to happen. Now, we talked about that last time, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> the Road is a film of which I have a great deal of affection for, even though it's, for most people, maybe one of the most bleak things they've ever watched in their life. But I found it to be profoundly moving. But I couldn't imagine watching that for four seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Have you read the there. book? Yeah. No, I, I should do. You yeah. should. Cormac McCarthy's a terrific writer. Yeah. Like, genuinely terrific. Yeah, um, I really um, enjoyed it. I mean, have you ever read The Blood Meridian? No, I've heard of that as well, Ooh, though. Yeah. Come on. Blood, Blood Meridian <laughs> is one of those uh, uh, probably like top five books that are okay. everyone is saying... Uh, I mean, it's probably one of my top five books, actually, but I would say it's also probably one of the top five books in the list of people going, why have we never had an adaptation of this? And it Really? It's is just, that good? It's just, yeah. I mean, there is one coming, but it mm-hmm. is. It, right. it, it's, 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 it's difficult to adapt. Right. So right. we'll wait and see what happens. But, right. Um, yeah. I'm currently reading, just to digress slightly, Project Hail Mary um, 
by oh the man who wrote the martian who i can't remember the name of now. oh i know who you mean which is very yeah. good andy yeah, it's very good andy weir, weir. yeah yeah, yeah oh, the martian's a excellent. great book yeah it is yeah, it's fun. terrific project hail mary is kind of similar it's first person narrative the um, yeah. the book yeah, about the moon which is the, yeah. i think his second one artemis is awful <laughs> oh really it's okay. truly awful it it it's from the point of view of a woman and there is a line in it which says which literally is i am a girl and that's approximately the quality of the um it's quality right. uh, yeah <laughs> getting inside the character that he's doing through the whole book want to recycle as file not recommended <laughs> excuse me excuse me as well we've all we've all had colds on top of yes. colds yeah. that we were recovering from actually um, i'll probably be coughing a lot less this time than it was last time <laughs> okay that makes me feel any better next so, time recording again so i think what, we're sidetracking i here, think what i should do uh is talk a little bit about what happened in the series and then that'll inspire us hopefully to um yeah give our yeah. thoughts yeah, definitely. Um, I have some thoughts. I have some mm-hmm. different thoughts about Janine from the last time that we spoke. Oh wow! So. Oh Janine, mm. I know. I love her. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I've, yeah, I felt quite disappointed with Janine this time. Like, not with okay. You know, I mean, with uh, like she, her making wrong decisions. Not you know, not with the acting or anything like that, but with the character. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens okay. in this series at the beginning of this series is that June is. Um, Hiding out at Esther's house, and we met Esther's a new character. We met yeah. her right at the end of the last season, or something. I don't remember her at the end of the last season. Wasn't she the wife? Wasn't she a wife? Yes, a very, She's a very young, young wife. wife. Yeah, um, who was like very trapped in her situation, and, and so we wake we we wake up and, and June is at Esther's house. Yes, yeah, she's injured. <clears throat> from the end of the last season we've we've now established that june is indestructible yeah um she's been through so many th- she's been injured several times um been through so many things and she just keeps on going and the important event that happens in this first episode is that there is a revenge killing so we find out more about esther um that she was abused by lots of her husband's friends and things like that and raped yeah it's pretty pretty dark stuff isn't it and mm. one of them comes by the house and gets killed by them. Well, well, June, specifically, June very strongly encourages Esther to kill him. Yes. As revenge. Yes. Which yeah, is like a pretty, forward that's echo. That's pretty dark. It's a forward echo, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Of what's coming. She's, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not quite sure with that. With, yes, you're right that... I'm not saying I'm not quite sure that you're not right. You are right on that. But with with, with young characters in this, like young children are absolutely ter- terrifying. I mean, it mm-hmm. comes from that whole thing that happened under Mao, doesn't it? You know, or in uh, in Cambodia, the idea that like young children are 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 among the most zealous of all. Mm-hmm. Um, so although I, I was feel with sometimes with the Handmaid's Tale, this is a good example of it. Although sometimes I feel like it hangs around in certain places for too long. At other points, I feel like it could have done more mm-hmm. with that. And I do think the element of her being uh, young and mm-hmm. therefore sort of less controlled, less measured, uh, but also more steeped, having grown up around it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I hope I hope in the future they might do a bit more about sort of young adults in this. Yeah, well who- that. <clears throat> that character survives to the end like of this season, so yes. um, so hopefully she'll be back. Um, yeah, 
next year, which would be great because I think that character's got a lot more to offer. Um, yeah. In terms of vengeance, which is where we're heading, isn't it? Yeah. With this show. Oh, uh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So it turns out she's been poisoning her husband, um, and and that's why they're able to be safe at the house because he's out, he's kind of out of action. And... Yeah, she's not trying to kill him; she's just keeping him docile, isn't she? Um, with with whatever she's poisoning him with, which I, I think is it digitalis, something like that. It's um, oh no, that would kill you. That would give you a heart something attack from the plants you... or something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but June then we all <clears> know it. It's like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like entrained in us, this this witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That we could just look in, a, in a, any average garden and just say, yeah, yeah, let's grind those together. I could use that. Keep him sedated. Now, my, wife, my wife's an artist. I did mention this last time, but I'll mention it again. And <clears throat> it, this month is Bloomtober, um, the month when um, artists uh, draw plants. And, and this month is all poisonous plants. So every day she posts a new poisonous plant to Instagram. Um, so she's done a whole bunch. Well, Sharing the knowledge this month already. Indeed, yes, yeah, yeah, indeed. Wow, yeah. and they're they're great pictures too. I bet she's very good. I bet I once worked in a, a Cambridge a botanic garden. Um, uh, I had a period between jobs and I was bored, and I thought that seems like a nice place to work. Yeah, and. Uh, um, people come and ask you a lot of questions about plants, and somebody was asking me about Penny Royal once, oh, yes. and uh, and and she said, "Oh, what do you know about it?" And I said, "They used to use it for abortions." And then I thought, "Wow, I probably shouldn't have said that." Should I? <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't. That probably wasn't the conversational nugget. I mean, you could take the feminist out of the podcast, but <laughs> she will reappear in the botanic garden every so often. <clears throat> Yeah, it's fascinating. There's so many plants that can yeah. either kill you or incapacitate you quite badly. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, anyway much, as, so, much as this poisonous plant yes. thing is really <clears throat> interesting. That was only the first episode. Um, but yeah, how did we feel about um, encouraging the young lady to kill the man? Um, I think June is is beyond the point of any rational thinking now. And uh, it's just basically kill them all. That's her. Seems to be what she's thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gone beyond any kind of. Um, well, I'm not gonna say redemption because she's been through so much, but I don't think she can be talked out of it anymore by anybody. But she's not just in this series. She's not just interested in killing them all. She's interested in getting everyone else to join in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Yes. In fact, that that's addressed by her and Janine when yeah. when they escape. In the milk um, train truck. Milk tanker, yeah. Sk- milk tanker, sorry. Thank you. Yeah. That's Mark Kermode's aeroplane station that he once called an airport because he couldn't <laughs> remember what it was called. Um, uh, and Janine says, the only reason we're here is because of you. Not in a nice way. It's like, I could be somewhere else rather than sitting in a fetid milk tanker. Oh, yeah. So there's you know. so, uh, so much suffering at that milk tanker. They, yeah. They're so cold in there. It's so awful. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. We jumped they ahead. also waste a shameful amount of milk. Yes. A shameful amount, yeah, that could feed people. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So after yeah. Esther's house, they, um, we move on to the Jezebels, where, again, yes. June takes revenge by persuading someone else to help her poison all the commanders who are staying at the Jezebels. Yes, she persuades one of the... 
You have to remind me what the cooks are called again because I can't really remember. Marthas. One of the Marthas to um, poison them. Yeah. With the same drug that the commander's been poisoned with. But not to incapacitate them, to actually kill them with it. So lace the food, lace the drinks. Everything's poisoned, basically. So she kills them all and then she gets captured. By Nick, who's returned. Oh, um, charismatic Nick. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Charisma. <laughs> she really likes him. She does really like him. And, it, you know, I know that that's a plot point and that they can't really do anything about that. Um, but uh, well, I mean, they could have cast someone cast somebody that else. had some chemistry with her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, he's back. Uh, so she gets captured, but not for long. Um, well, she escapes again. But yeah, so before she escapes, she she gives up the location of the other handmaids. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Not because she was tortured, because she's indestructible, um, but because they threaten <laughs> Hannah. Yeah, now that's quite powerful. Mm. Yeah, and that's the first time we've seen we've seen them try to use that um, that leverage on her to get information, because they know that she won't give up anything if they torture her. It's pretty she's mean not what they do to her. Yeah, it is. They put her in a room where she can see Hannah and Hannah can see her, but Hannah is just scared of her. And Well, I think Hannah's maybe forgotten who she is, yeah. maybe. And she looks pretty dishevelled. And um, they never say anything. You just know that, that this is a threat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so she gives them up and then <clears throat> it looks... it. It seems like her and the other handmaids get are going to yeah. be taken to handmaid hell. So they're not going to be given to um, to families anymore. They're just going to be taken to like a breeding centre, a farm, yeah, yeah. basically. Uh, and uh, But she's not having any of that. So <laughs> they escape again. And Aunt Lydia seems to be indestructible as well now. Yeah. She's been well, that beaten is the up problem. and thrown down the stairs. And That's the problem. Everybody's got some plot armour on because everybody loves Anne Dowd. And why would you get rid of her? Because mm. she's amazing. She is yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, same question with Emily. I mean, Emily should be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, on about three different occasions, Emily yeah. should be dead. <laughs> That's right. So I, I just can't believe that she's not really. I mean, again, nothing against... Alexis Bledel, she's good. Yeah. And Emily's an interesting character, but it's the kind of, the need to ratchet up the tension that, um, you know, every bullet that we saw going into, I'm not saying that this is what happens in this, but it's that that sort of A-team effect of, oh, mm. I thought they were shot in the uh, in the chest, but it appears to have gone between their arm and their body. <laughs> you know, that's when it, when it goes to the next one. So it... it yeah, it, it's but again, it goes back to that sort of narrative corner that it's it's not painted itself into it. It's just by existing, by saying we're going to do ten seasons of this, that narrative um, yeah. corner has 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 appeared. <laughs> so Aunt Lydia is the person that makes me the, the most sad because a number of times throughout these several series, she's clearly seen like quite how bad the things she's doing really are, how much they make people suffer. And many several times she's appeared to waver. And yes. every time she's just doubled down on doing the wrong thing. I was just going to say that phrase, yeah. That's what she does every time. Her, her, other, her other option, though, is is death, isn't it? Go it's, to the wall. Yeah. yeah, 
Or, or, or you know, she'll go to the colonies, won't she, Lydia? I mean, and go and work and die. And go and yeah. die, yeah. Or, yeah. Well, but I could imagine her doing some, like, secret mercies, you know, like, not not undermining the whole system, but just, like, for example, in this, Janine says, please don't let me be a handmaid, please get me to the colonies or something. I'm not sure where she says that. But anyway, she asked not to it's be something a like handmaid. something like that, yeah. And, and Aunt Lydia could have just quietly kept her as an assistant or sent her to the colonies or something, and she just doesn't. That's the doubling down thing, right? She's just like, nope, I'm still doing the evil thing. But she's under a bit of pressure, isn't she, Aunt Lydia? Because she mm. she got relieved of all of her powers. Yeah. Then she yeah. managed to get back in by doing a deal with um, Commander Lawrence. Let's talk about Bradley Whitford in a minute. Oh, but um, she did a deal with him. So she's back in the good books, but she's under pressure because yeah. the other... <clears throat> the others don't really trust her anymore. Yeah, no, that doesn't really make much sense either. <clears throat> she should be back. I, and A, why would she want to be back? Couldn't she have found a quieter corner? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't find her sort of... I hate using the words like plot arc, but you know, I don't find her arc particularly satisfying because the thing about bad characters is you like bad characters to start off bad, right, and then become better human beings, yeah. a la Jamie Lannister. Or you like people to start off good and end up bad, a la Walter White. Walter White, yeah. <laughs> that that sort of yeah. like heart monitor thing yeah. that Lydia does is really frustrating. Yes. Yeah, it is frustrating, yeah. So let's, let's talk Mad Men for a moment. Let's talk Don Draper. Mm-hmm, no his problem. Story arc, his story arc is he pretty much stays the same throughout the show. Yeah. He's a womanizer. He's a boozer. He's got serious, serious issues. They never try to humanise him or make us feel sorry for him in any way whatsoever. Mm. And I think that's really brave, really brave storytelling from a show. They don't try and make the bad... He's not a bad guy anyway, but they never try and... No, he's not a good guy, no, absolutely. And the same for Pete Campbell. You know, Pete Campbell's yeah. a weasel, but he stays a weasel oh, throughout see, I love the show. Pete Campbell. You Pete love Campbell's, Pete Campbell. Yeah, Pete Campbell is actually, I find, quite sympathetic um, yeah. because he shouldn't be... He's um, oh, this is a diversion. But Pete Campbell is basically like is actually a way better person than he appears at the start, and he's right. really, really, really good at his job, which is actually quite, actually, sort of a thing to argue for his corner. But he's actually of all of them the one that's not racist. No, like, he's he not, might is he? seem like a, yeah. but he's not racist, and he's not half as sexist as most of them are as well. He's actually way more progressive. It's just because he's really posh and he went to a private school, he's really easy to hate. <laughs> that's true. He is easy to hate, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. is 100% true. No, that's a good point. The episode yeah. where he and um, Jared Harris have a physical fight in the office is oh, amongst so my favourite hours of television ever in the world. Yeah. It is amazing. Yeah, it really is funny. And, and mainly because Campbell thinks he's... You know, he thinks that he can fight this guy who's like a public school boy and Jared Harris just hands him his ass. Yeah. He yeah. really does. <laughs> and and uh, it was quite amusing, really. Yeah. 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 It was completely wrong. Series. Yeah. Completely wrong, of course. Yeah. What yeah. happened. Anyway, yes, we we, do, we digress massively. I really liked there, but, yeah. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, so uh, she, she reveals the location. They escape because, for some reason, people don't think that they're going to try and escape by just, like, overpowering a guard, but they do. No, of course not. I mean, it's not very well guarded, that... Um, no, you know, but then they also, like, don't get rid of him. They allow him to be able to... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shoot at them. Then, Shoot yeah. at them. Why don't they take his gun off him or something? Yep. Yeah. Then there's the, the biggest um, jump scare moment of... Handmaid's Tale history when as they're running away a train takes out two of the handmaids oh that's pretty shocking mm. didn't expect that I thought maybe even more <clears throat> I thought it was three or four actually no it's just two yeah is it just two yeah 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 it, it, uh, that's what Wikipedia <coughs> says <coughs> okay Wikipedia must be right there's four of them and June and, and Janine make oh, it. Oh, okay. So yes, okay. Janine and June made it. The others get shot train. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, so there are more, right? But the train yes. only takes out two. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. then the trains trap them on the other side of the yeah. track. Isn't that's it? right. Yes. Okay. So that's how yes. they actually manage to get away. Yeah. So they get away uh, via the um, milk tanker that we've already talked about. Which is so they cold. get away to the um <clears throat> to near Chicago, which is currently in a state of civil war. Yeah, they get to the USA. Yes. Mm. Yeah, which looks pretty grim, to be fair. I mean maybe it looks like Chicago looks now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Detroit looks now. Detroit looks now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sadly. Yeah. So I felt um, like the filling in of history that like this is the USA is a thing that exists and that and the the fact that it becomes a lot more concrete. Now, maybe in the book it always was concrete, but I didn't like that. You know, I liked the fact that, it, that Gilead was a sort of a metaphor in a way, in my head, and then it became like an actual place that there used to be the USA, and it, it sort of lost some of its magic for me a bit. Right, 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 right. So there's still, yeah. Because we knew they existed because we heard yeah. Oprah Win- Winfrey play in uh, Bruce Springsteen, which um, in a previous series. Uh, when she manages to find some free radio station coming out of, I do not remember that. Do you know she? um, I think it's the one where she had the baby. Right. She was in that in that house, and she got into a car, and the car radio was working. And she turned on the radio, and Oprah Winfrey was on it playing Bruce Springsteen. Playing Bruce, which is about the most American thing you can think of. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah, we definitely knew it existed. But yeah, the more concrete it gets, the more the more disappointing that is. Sorry, listener, coughing a lot now. So yeah, they're, now they're now they're in Chicago, and yes. there's a very difficult situation where the um, one of the one of the military commanders or someone in Chicago, military leader of some kind in Chicago, says they can stay, but only if they give him sexual favors. I mean, that was so dodgy. I think um, it's it's bad. Obviously, bad behavior. I mean, is that a metaphor for saying these folks are? equally bad as everybody else is and treat women as badly as everybody else does they just don't do it in a kind of systematic way that Gilead does um I mean surely, I'm, I'm guessing know. yeah you yeah get wrong ones, you get wrong. or power corrupts everyone eventually mm-hmm. power corrupts everybody it? yeah, yeah. I but guess so. it's all about June really isn't it so it, it June says sends Janine away and says okay I'll do it and then she can't do it and Gillian goes and does it and is totally fine with it and actually starts yeah. having a relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah, and actually seems quite happy. Yeah. I think um, that's why I find I find June quite grating because because 
she's such a martyr. She really is such a martyr. She, oh, Janine, I must save Janine from it. Poor Janine can't do this. I must do it because all of the weight of the world must be carried by me, June. And then she's like, no, I can't do it, which is fair enough. Yep. Right? And then Janine's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah. She, she annoys me when she's like that as a character, when she is the martyr. Mm. Yeah. We don't get yeah. we don't get much chance to to think more deeply about Janine, do we? Janine is always she's just around and sort of an innocent who gets damaged. We don't Repeatedly. spend much time in Janine's head. No, we are witness to what to her outward behaviour. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm. <clears throat> is Janine the one who threatened to jump in one of the seasons? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's really been through the ringer, Janine. Yeah, she she also. Mm. Um, got sent to the colonies, I believe. Yes, she did. Janine yeah, got taken back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I can yeah. understand why she says to her, "I'm here because of you, and I've had enough of this." You know, it's um, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. Because like, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it appears as if Janine has sacrificed nothing when, in fact, Janine has sacrificed, you know, actually her autonomy in many ways by getting involved with June. It's like, yeah, you, you've got to do what I say. Um, yeah. So there's more yeah. of that later on in the series um, where June influences other people's thinking mm. in maybe a negative way. Um, but yeah, so the two of them, I'm trying to think now, they get involved in a, um, there's an airstrike yeah. on Chicago. They get separated. Yeah, so Commander um, Lawrence actually negotiates a peace fire. So we think, oh, maybe he's a good guy. And then the, the other commanders sort of undermine what he's done by ordering a bombing, a huge bombing raid to go in just before the ceasefire. And the immediate consequence of that for our plot is that June and Janine are separated and June get, meets someone from her old life and gets rescued and persuaded to go to Canada, which was a huge surprise. Huge jump. Mm, yeah. yeah. Was not expecting that at all. I think they um, should have done it way earlier, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Way I earlier. agree. Yeah, series two, probably. Yes, just just way earlier. I mean, it had like it it made everything that had gone before it in this series kind of pointless. Mm. Yeah, and mm. you know all of the torture, like like that horrible stuff that happens to her in, in that second episode when they get caught. The sort of the almost sort of torture porn level or misery porn mm. level that it had descended to, and now. Um, and then it was like, oh yeah, by the way, get on a boat with uh, with Vod from Fresh Meat, and you're done. <laughs> <laughs> now, at, at all points, um, when she's on the boat, um, the other folks on the boat say, we shouldn't take her. She shouldn't be here. We could get in serious trouble. Um, but they managed to convince them to take her along. And then... Um, <clears throat> when she's questioned by one of the soldiers, she just can't speak. And uh, she gets away with it, which was somewhat improbable, um, given how brutal those people are. Uh, they would just say, well, sorry, we don't believe you. But she makes it. And then for the entire time that she's in Canada to the end of this series, every episode that she's there, I thought she was going to get arrested and taken back <laughs> to Gilead. <laughs> Because that's what The Handmaid's Tale does to you. It, yeah. it doesn't let you get too used to people being comfortable. 
Yeah, the whole thing kind of starts to remind you of uh, when you see the insulate Britain people at the traffic lights <laughs> and uh, <laughs> people are dragging them out of the road and then another one will crawl they just back, go back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, so she makes it to Canada. Um, but meanwhile, Janine is still in Gilead and has had a, another reunification with Aunt Lydia. Oh, um, but along for the ride is Esther, who's been, um, who's now a handmaid. So she's gone from being a wife to a handmaid. She's been basically demoted. Yeah. So and so Esther is on hunger strike and <clears throat> refusing to cooperate with the regime. <coughs> and Aunt Lydia persuades Janine to persuade Esther to just behave and put up with it. Yes. Now I had a thought about this. This thing in that I think I thought that maybe Janine was trying to undermine Aunt Lydia, and on the when we when we talked about this before, I think it was um, either either Andy or Hannah who said no, no, I think Janine is fully on board with wanting to please Aunt Lydia. Oh, that's she all wants, she wants that's to all do. She wants to do is, well, all yeah. she wants to do is please everybody. Janine, everybody, I yeah. would say, yeah. Um, and 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 she's just desperate for love, isn't she? Mm. And yes. However, that arrives, even if it's from the former. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff I could say about, you know, domestic abuse and coercive control here and things like that. Mm. Yep. I mean, yes, it's believable that um, that L- Lydia has essentially groomed Janine yeah. um, to be her, her, I sp- her replacement, I suppose, could be where where that plot goes. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, it's very possible that Janine, either because... You know, she doesn't quite understand what <laughs> the world, which I think is true, but also because she's um, will do anything for an easy life, which we have s- seen earlier. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, and for for love and affection, could likely end up an aunt. And Aunt Lydia does offer love. That is yeah. the, consistently. That is the, what she's she's <laughs> told the the people she's manipulating that that she's doing and. Hundred percent, yeah. So if you if you do everything that Aunt Lydia says, although we've never seen that happen on this show, but <laughs> presumably if you do everything that Aunt Lydia says, she gives you conditional love. Yeah. Um, for as long as you keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now the series moves into Canada, and the and Fred and Serena are there, and there's a court case going on, and the relationship between June and Luke, her husband. Is it's distant and frosty, painful. Yeah, yeah, it is painful. Yeah, and Luke does Luke does <clears throat> nothing wrong at any point. He gives her as no. much space as she needs. He continues to be the kind of faultless character, although somewhat dull. <laughs> she seems to go for the dull ones. Yeah, she? I mean, she certainly does. <laughs> she doesn't really go for Luke, right? I mean, well, how would you describe their relationship? Frosty. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it seems a bit um, aloof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on sort of on both of their parts. I mean, he does he does actually come across as I think like just a crashing, <laughs> a crashingly nice bloke who's yeah. read the uh, a dummy's guide to what happens when your wife leaves a sex cult type yeah. thing, <laughs> and, uh, and is yeah. trying his best. But I have to say, her relationship doesn't seem right with uh, with either Emily or. What's her name? Samira, my, Samira Wiley's character. Yeah. Serena? Or... No. 
Uh, oh, they're friends. Her friends. Right, yeah, I can't remember the name. Shit, what is she yeah. called? <clears throat> yeah, she seems... I mean, th- they've had some time to move on, I think. Yes. And they're trying she to hasn't. move on. Yeah. yeah. And she is not trying to move on. So no. she's stuck in a moment and actually doesn't want to get out of it. She wants to carry on being super angry and um, and convincing everyone else to, to be the same as she is. Um, but there's some other stuff that's happening here that Serena's pregnant. Yeah. And the father is... Fred Waterford. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> indeed. Doof, Fred Waterford. Doof, 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 doof. <laughs> so um, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, is it, or is it just another thing? No, I think it is interesting okay. because um, it in in the book and in series one, she uh, she convinces Nick to um, give her a baby. Um, because it's not working with... And maybe she knows that they've had previous handmaids and it hasn't worked. Mm. Um, so uh, it is interesting that it's his. Because well, we've, I, also we've been given thought, to I also think within the mythology they're not actually supposed to do it. Right. Husbands oh, really? and wives. Yeah. Well, they're not? Okay. I think it's seen as a bit unseemly. Right, right, right. I see. I think, okay. from what I can remember. It's well, I guess because they're not in Gilead anymore, then... Then, yeah, you know they have been doing that. That's where so, the magic happens. That's where the magic <laughs> in happens Canada. in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. That's <laughs> all the maple syrup <laughs> and so, blackface. Yes. <laughs> so, um, well, the last time we spoke, Hannah, you pointed out, inadvertently pointed out to me and Andy that that Andy and I had both forgotten the fact that there is a very disturbing scene where June forces Luke to have sex with her, mm. um, completely against his will. Um, it struck. What struck me most about that conversation was Andy and I hadn't really thought much about that scene, even though I we'd kind seen of it. blanked it from my memory because it was so shocking. Um, yeah, and I wondered whether it it was because of our innate bias. It wasn't as shocking as a rape scene, uh, maybe the other way around. Yeah, um, or whether we were just too what, awkward about it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, uh, by innate bias, by innate bias, do you mean Willies? <laughs> is that what you're by saying? Being men, yeah. By being, being men, men, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by being willies. Well, no, yeah. I mean our whole society's biased, not necessarily just men. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I found it. I found it interesting. I think we had this conversation before, but yes, let's repeat it again. I sometimes wonder what the Handmaid's Tale is actually saying. Yeah. And in scenes like that, I wonder even more what the Handmaid's Tale is saying. What the message is? Um, obviously, the message is that she's really fucked up. Um, yeah. So that's the only message. It's- already done right <laughs> yeah, we yeah. know that though don't we also it's not a defence obviously no. and you would hope that a woman coming out of the experience that she's come out of would be treated sympathetically as a character mm-hmm. so yeah I wonder where they're trying to take this but it's also I mean leading to the conversation about what she then does afterwards I mean f- female anger is one of those things that you're not supposed to show you know it's a very male it's a very male sort of um, emotion to have. And, you know, there is a, a, a general idea that women should be allowed to be angry. And that's mm-hmm. great. But women shouldn't. Women aren't men generally as a rule and don't react in the way that men react to stuff generally as a rule. So, you know, beat, encouraging other people to beat a man to death, which is basically where we're going with this at the end. Yes, we are, yeah. Um, 
yes, I can understand. Yes, I can uh, sort of understand why why sometimes that or why why that might happen. Because and by saying I understand, I mean I can't possibly imagine what what you're supposed to what emotions you're supposed to have. You know, when you come out of a situation that June has been in. But at the same point, I thought it was a slightly odd message to send because I think revenge is, um, yeah, it's such an interesting topic, isn't it? But it's really quite unappealing. <laughs> it's one of the most horrible things to look at when it happens, when you see it happen. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, I, that question of what is this series trying to do is really, really important to me because it, like, there is absolutely something interesting you could do about saying um it like people are angry just like literally just saying people are angry when bad things happen to them but also um saying it's okay to be angry you know if the series could have set out to say right this this season we're going to have a clear message it's okay to be angry or some mm-hmm. other thing like that but june's character is not okay and is not acting in an okay way so no. what are they trying to say I don't know because they're actively um, sort of undermining what Samira Wiley is saying, which is, I think, sort of received wisdom, which yeah. is you work through it. Um, yeah. yeah, and and it's worth pointing out again that we are none of us are its target audience. I don't think. I mm-hmm. think it's even if its target audience wasn't um, teenage girls and women in their 20s that that is who's watching it right. and i wonder yeah I, I wonder get knowing how teenage girls obsess about stuff that they really enjoy like this and how many blogs there are everyone exp- everywhere explaining what what this must have meant and what this was for and why did you behave the way she behaved i sort of wonder i do i i wonder i literally wonder what the message is because i haven't worked it out i literally haven't worked out what this series we're supposed to be telling it. <laughs> no. When you said that, when we spoke before about target audience, I, I said, I thought that I had been, I had thought I was the target audience, right? Because I thought essentially the audience was, essentially the Canadians, right? People who, people who were like all trying to be nice and stuff, yeah. you know, like Luke or someone like that. And, yeah. and, and you're right that it, Jacinda Ardern. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yes. <laughs> that's so, its yeah. target audience. So, but, so then, then the undermining is interesting, right? So if it's saying to someone like me in the audience, you're kind of pathetic liberal, we should all try and get over this or be nice to each other. And if you're nice enough, eventually people can heal. Like that message is stupid. But what is it giving me as an alternative yeah. to that? Because I think it takes place. You can't separate uh, with, with a series that is as political as this is. I don't think you could separate it from the context in which it takes place. Yeah. And there is a, 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 a national and international conversation currently taking place about sort of, you know, like cancellation and sort of mob action on Twitter and mm. how we speak to each other politically and the sort of the quality of mercy and all of those things as seen mm-hmm. in places like social media. Okay. And and I think I'm actually swimming against the tide in that sense because I think that people should be given the opportunity to apologise and be forgiven. And that's not a really a very 
um, popular opinion at the moment. Now, obviously, there's a difference between someone who tweeted something outrageous apologising and someone who subjugated you as his, like, like sex maid for, like, seven years. But I think the sort of comparison sort of is the same in that sense, isn't it? What we're saying to young people is, what will we, what, what will we accept and what, what punishment should we dish out to people? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of this comes back to the thing I said earlier, which is that the folks in Canada have had some time to move on and heal from this. <clears throat> June has arrived um, freshly angry and is not having any of that. And it's, she's uh, determined not to um, heal, but yes. to express her anger. Express mm. her anger. And she, and again, she convinces people uh, to to help her to express her anger. Yes. She's very much mm, yeah. about getting other people to do that, to pile on in the... Yep. Literally, pile on on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, yeah. I think one of the. I don't know what you were going to say. So, if it's on this subject, say it and I'll stop. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think it's one of the plot points that I thought was quite interesting in this and actually was something that made me go, ah, you know, there's something I hadn't thought about was the expansion of the narrative within. Gilead outside of Gilead and there was that moment right. when the Waterfords were bringing a crowd mm. essentially oh, yes yes and and I thought well, well that's that's interesting because I don't think America is in any way unique and mm. I think having seen how social sort of how cultural how I mean we've always been the whole world has always been impacted by American culture, even if you take mm-hmm. that from the idea of like that they had a constitution. But certainly since uh, the 20th century, we've been very mm-hmm. influenced by them. So um, I suppose that 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 interested me. And I thought that would be a, a, an interesting thing to go. What if Canada fell to? Do you, do you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Which mm-hmm. is kind of likely given mm-hmm. how much how much. Well, I'm going to call them social contagions. Spread mm, nowadays, yeah. you know. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, they draw a big crowd who are really supporting them, um, which of course they love. They're lapping it up um, outside the courtroom because it's worth. I think sometimes you have to sort of remind yourself that this is about an intract an intractable problem that mm-hmm. they yeah. have. They haven't just decided to make women sex slaves. They've done it. Because the birth rate is absolutely plummeting. Because it's all gone children of men. Yeah. Yes. God, yeah. children of men is so much better than the handmaid's <laughs> really <laughs> Children of men is really, really good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It is. So is, is, was season one just a Trump thing? And is it over now because Trump is over? Oh, Trump That's isn't over. Trump isn't over by any means. Uh, I also don't think he's over. Okay. No. Yeah. I think he might win in 2024, but that's... I a, think he a, could. That's yeah. another conversation for another day. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably, yes. I think that, um, you know, the arts, much as I love them, they have a knee-jerk react- uh, relationship with politics in that sense, you know. Especially, yeah, let's reflect the world around us, especially when stuff as crazy as, you know, as Trump getting elected or contextually Brexit happening here or, Mm. you know, there being a a massive pandemic. Um, So, yeah, that's the point, because 
that's kind of a lot of the question with with where was America going to go when Biden got elected? Who are you going to rage against now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. You I think we should probably rage. start wrapping up now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but just some thoughts on Bradley Whitford. I know we talked about this <laughs> last time, but, you know, we we bring out, well, I, at least I do, my, my baggage of the West Wing with me to Bradley <laughs> Whitford's performance in this. Um. And uh, I just can't <clears throat> square it with the fact that he's not playing a good guy. Although he loves his wife and um, he does some good things, he's still out for himself, isn't he, this character? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he Commander does Lawrence. Se- he does seem to um, have his... He's got his head down, hasn't he? He's like, yeah. how do I survive this? But then again, at other points, he, he, he seems quite Machiavellian and involved and, yeah... But he again, he's a. Is he a good guy? Is he a yeah. bad guy? Is he a good guy? And yep. it's like it's this sort of exhausting up and down yeah. with him. Same, same with Serena. Yes, yes. same with yes. Serena. It's weird, like, isn't it? Yeah, there's no arc in, for any of those characters. It's just like, oh, maybe they're going to be good. Oh no, they're not. Yeah, yeah. Is it just the constant rug pull of? Is this person going to do a good thing? Oh no, they're not going to do a good thing. But Commander Lawrence <laughs> definitely leaves me the most feeling the most condemned because I'm constantly thinking what would I do in in, in different people's position and I, yeah. I imagine myself in his position and think um, yeah maybe try and be nice here and there but not get caught yeah <laughs> I mean yeah. don't be a rapist he's he's, yeah. he's 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 at the very least he's doing that he's I mean, definitely on board with that which is yeah. good um, but he has done a deal with Aunt Lydia in this season yeah um, so she comes to him and says, I know about all the stuff you've done and I'm going to tell everybody. And he says, well, I know plenty of stuff about you. So why don't we do a deal? You don't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. And we can help each other. Which seems doomed to failure, ultimately. Hmm. Given that she's more, more of a zealot than he is. But he's more powerful than she is. He's like an architect of this society. Yeah. 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 And he could just say, well, she's lying. She's got to prove it. You know? But he's not that powerful either, because he people sort of suspect him, don't they? Yes, they know that he's a bit of a lefty liberal, and um, yeah, they saw so the he West might Wing. get caught out. Yeah. They saw the West Wing. Yeah, they're like it's that guy from the West Wing. <laughs> I um see, I don't come to, I don't come with that baggage because I don't like the West Wing. So, okay, well, yeah, um, I haven't seen all of it, so yeah, but from what I watched of it, I didn't, I didn't like it so much so I didn't watch it so he doesn't come with that sort of baggage with me but he does seem rather like that sort of thing where where it was a guy so you know you've got a friend in her 30s and she tells you like she's going out with this guy who's in his mid 50s and you think oh my god why and then you meet him and you go well, actually she's all right and no, that, he that, seems yeah. exactly that he's that guy he's the surprising older boyfriend of one of your friends you can't <laughs> quite work out if he's a good guy or not but you can kind of see what the attraction is yeah he's a pretty attractive guy yeah yeah charming definitely charming, charming. yeah yeah intelligent yeah. like yeah Probably has like good red wine. He's well read. He wears nice clothes. Lives in a nice house. It looks a bit yeah. cold. Not so racist. Sure he comes yeah. through whatever political scrapes with his life and with his family safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, right. Hannah, will yeah. will is there a way for this? If you could write season five, could you redeem Handmaid's Tale? Um, well, I would definitely bring back the uh, the internal monologue um, because I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, and a lot of the humour came from it. 
and I feel like it could it could do with that again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I much preferred knowing what 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 she was thinking than sort of inscrutable face, <laughs> which is kind of it's what you get face. a lot of the time. Yeah, kind of um, happens a lot in the Crown as well. Presumably because we don't know what the Queen thought, so it's just like inscrutable <laughs> face, and you're like, I really know what I that mean, is. Doesn't the Queen just think, "What do you do?" and "Have you come far?" That's, <laughs> yeah. that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Shall I stroke a dog or go for a walk? Hmm. Which one? I think I'll stroke a dog. Yeah, yeah. always. So, always. what about the political message of it? Could it? Could that be redeemed? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think. I, I mean, I genuinely don't know because I, I also haven't read the Testaments, so I don't know where it's got to go. I also mm. don't know how much sort of leniency there is between what's going to happen now and what's going to, um, mm. what happens in that. So um, I'm not sure I could, but that said, I'm sure there are many talented people who could have a good crack at the whip. But I think it needs to um, focus less tightly on June I think it 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 needs to remember that um, you know we've invested some time in Janine and mm. Aunt Lydia and you know Moira. That's mm. Moira Cat. Oh, yes. these characters' right, names. Yeah, yeah. So it would be good to sort of spend some time. I mean, I know you can't necessarily because it's called The Handmaid's Tale. It's yeah. about June. But um, I feel like sometimes it has a, a sort of a flexible relationship with its wider universe, yeah. and I suppose I'd like to see it a bit more, but more I, tightly. I, because I can't give up on things, I really wanted to just come back with season five and explain what all that ambiguous stuff in season four was about, <laughs> and then, like the politically, I mean, mm. like right. what was the message, and then I can be okay with it. Is it okay for me to kick someone to death? I yeah. need to know. <laughs> yeah, I need to. I need that to be properly sorted out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much, Hannah. So it's been no, a real, welcome. a massive pleasure to talk to you. Twice. Um, at the end um, of our podcast, we generally <laughs> do a um, "Have you got anything to plug?" section. Have you got? Well, only those, only those three po- co- podcasts that I plugged earlier: Standard Issue, uh, The Drunk, and What Are You Making Me Watch? Um, and I think that's about it. Cool. I well, we'll, we'll link to them. Sorry. <laughs> You can talk to me on Twitter if you want. I am at that Don Levy if you want to answer the question of whether or not it's okay to kick someone to death. <laughs> I think it depends if they're a Nazi or not, really. Oh, yeah. That I is mean, a whole different conversation. It's a whole different... Somebody always does that, says, well, it's okay if it's Hitler, so, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I used to tell me people talk about people use Hitler in arguments on Twitter, yep. Andy. I don't believe it. They go straight to it, don't they? <laughs> it's like, you, there's no ambiguity. You are basically Hitler. You're, well, I'm basically not, but anyway. Um, I've got something to plug. I don't have anything to plug myself, but I want to plug my wife's art. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. So if you go to um, Society6, which is a place where artists sell their stuff, her um, her page is called Cockerill Art, and she's very good. She's, she's seriously into red pandas and uh, Stella... Uh, like suns and moons um, oh, type designs. Yeah. Uh, celestial. Celestial right, right, right. designs. Uh, but red pandas. Uh, if you like red pandas, and who doesn't like red pandas, yeah, frankly? that's fair. There'll be something there for you. So um, there we go. Awesome. That's my plugging. Well, just to say again, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on our little oh, podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. 
It's been fantastic to have you. Please Maybe let we'll... it record it. Hopefully it recorded. <laughs> And uh, it will be wonderful to speak to you again someday. Maybe. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, maybe not how my style service fine. No, we'll do maybe something not. else next maybe time. Maybe something you yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you especially for doing it twice. We really No, you're very welcome. It. I literally would have just spent the last hour sitting, waiting for succession to start. So you have, uh, you've given <laughs> me enough. something to do, if nothing else. <laughs> so is that all the washing up? All right. Well, thank we you. We should put that on our on our strap line. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, the the good drive by Andy's. It's good to have something to do. <laughs> it's good <laughs> to them to that, have something to do. It's that or the washing up. Or the washing up. <laughs> it's that or the washing up. Yeah. You could do both. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. And thank you. We'll see you next time. Take Bye. care. Bye bye.